Hey, everybody, we're live. Tamara here with our weekly live streaming recording of Coffee with Tamara. That's me. So I have the best job in the world because I get to interview just incredible people that have done absolutely amazing things that all of us get to learn from. So we stream live on YouTube and on LinkedIn, I think on Facebook too, and then we release it. If you missed any of it or want to go back to it because there's so much good stuff on iTunes and all the podcast players. So welcome. Let me tell you about my guest today, because my guest today is not only um, an NFL legend, but also one of the nicest humans I've ever met as well. So it's like the best combination. So let me tell you about Carl Mecklenburg, because I am really excited that we got him to get on the show. So first of all, he has six Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl appearances and three Super Bowls under his belt. He, in 2001, was inducted into the Broncos Ring of Fame. He was the 12th pick when he got drafted, the 12th, what, 12th round, 310th pick. Have to make sure I got that right. Um, and had an incredible, an incredible career with the Broncos. And I think you were just saying off, offline, right? Most careers last three years lasted 12 with the Broncos. Is that right? Is right. That right. Yeah. Yeah. The average and it, the average when I was playing was three years and it still is. If, if yeah. you can't, they draft you based on potential. And if you don't fulfill that potential uh, and you're going into your second contract, they can bring in another guy with potential <laughs> and, and much cheaper. Right. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a turnstile. Well, Carl, NFL, well stands, NFL stands for not for long. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That actually, I'm going to jump in, Carl, because I'm so excited to have you and I want to use our time. We got, what, 45 minutes an hour, like really wisely, because right. one of the questions that one of the community members submitted is, how do you stay great consistently? Like, how do you keep that? Not just a game, not just even a season, I'd say, but over 12 years, how do you, how do you maintain greatness? It's a mindset. I call it a, an all pro mindset. Uh, prepare thoroughly. Uh, perform decisively, evaluate honestly, and adjust accordingly, and and over and over and over again. And if you want to move forward in any part of your life, that's that's how I did it, and and how I still do it. It's a uh, it's a really um, helpful pattern when you think about it. And the, and the spot where most people run into problems is the uh, honest evaluation. <laughs> in the NFL, you got no choice that you, you sit in the film room with the other guys and the coach yells at you when you do it wrong and he, and he pats you on the back when you do it right. And uh, so, you know, uh, but but in real life, that's a little more difficult. You've got to You got to take some time and, and, and really, uh, really be honest and forgiving with yourself and move, to move forward. So I want to dig into both of those because I love that kind of three step that you just talked about, Carl. And but I want to ask you about perform decisively and what what that really means. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid of making mistakes. Mistakes happen. That's a way of growing. Um, if you boiled my career down uh, and, and used one word to uh, to say this is this is who Carl was, I would say it was decisive. Um, I, I ran a four nine four. I was the three hundred and tenth pick of the draft. I came into training camp. Uh, they gave me the number of a starter. That, that's never a good, that's never a good sign. I, I got a hole in one of my socks in, in the first week of training camp. I, I tried to get a new pair of socks from the equipment manager. He said, "What's the matter with the other sock?" He, he gave me one sock. So I, I, I wasn't I was not the guy that was supposed to make it. 
but I was decisive and I made plays over and over and over again because of that. And that, and they had to pay attention to that. Do you feel like, or did you feel like at the time? And so let me just say for the audience real quick, a couple things. So I can see the comments that come in. Um, and so if you have questions, put them in the comment section and I will grab them and ask them of Carl. I can't always get to all of them, but I try to get to at least some of them as we're going through. Sure. It's the benefit of going live. So um, that's the, the first thing. And the second thing is for the people listening, I just want them to know there's kind of two areas. I was telling Carl this offline that I really want to dig in. One is, well, three. One is his experience and how he got to the place he got to, which is so few and far between. So few people make it to the level that you did, Carl. Second part is lessons about from the field into life. And then the third is the second life, right? And what comes after and how you made that change. Yeah. So that was a long way around to say um, kind of what we're going to talk about today. But I want to back up and ask you about um, that performing over and over again and making plays over and over again. Did you feel or or maybe you put on yourself that pressure to always prove yourself? Because I feel like in life we get lazy and we prove ourselves once and then maybe twice and then we think, well, I can ride on that success for a while. And you see it in people, like the hunger goes away, the drive goes away. And then those people, and I've been guilty of this in life too, right? You hit a cliff because you didn't keep at it. You don't, you can only ride it for so long. It's like taking your foot off the gas, right? You can coast for a little bit, but eventually you're going to stop. Was yeah. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah that uh, I, I, I understand that. Uh, if you're not ready in the NFL, you're going to get hit right in the mouth and it's going to happen fast. <laughs> I mean, there's no, I mean, yeah, you, you, uh, you have no choice then to, uh, to, to go through those steps and be, be ready when the, when the, when the kickoff starts. Um, yeah, it's, it's for real. And, and, and I, I think that lesson that, having gone through that for as long as I went through that has helped me in my, in my other life. Um, because I'm, I'm self-reflective and, and, and I, I know what happens when you're not prepared. Uh, if I, if I wasn't prepared when I show up, uh, I got a, I got a speech in town here on the 14th. If I, if I show up there without having an idea who these people are and what they need, uh, I'm going to fall flat and, and I need to, I need to do that preparation, uh, so I can be decisive, so I can be confident and I can get up and, and do what I do best. Why do you think if, so we don't have the benefit in life of having to watch ourselves and what we did over the last week, that would be horrible actually. Why, do, I mean, you had that in the NFL and you just, you said it was so helpful, right? You, you'd watch the game day recordings and you'd like. Yeah, you'd actually like, they, they film every practice. They oh. film every practice. They film every game uh, from multiple angles. And now they even film meetings. You, you can sit in a meeting watching film of yourself, watching film of yourself, practicing. <laughs> it's, all, it's all on film. It's all evaluated. And it is brought back to you and say, you know, what are you doing? If, so, if you're not doing the right thing and, and, and great job if you are doing the right thing, because there's a whole room full of guys that need to know what the right thing is. Right. So even if you're the, the star, the captain, the whatever, you're going to get called out when you're not doing the right thing. How do you apply that? to now given our, we do, I mean, well, we do a lot, you do a lot of keynote speaking. That's kind of how we know each other. Sure. And um, so we see videos of ourselves. So there's a little yeah. bit of that playback, but for the rest of us, right. Who don't go on the stage with thousands of people all the time. How do we, how do we get that honesty? Because I don't know that I believe people are liars, but I believe we want to believe the best. <laughs> right. Um, just look for ways to improve. 
I think is, is more than anything. Um, and that's, that's what the film was all about, um, was, was looking for ways to improve. How, how can we prepare for this, this, this next opponent for this next uh, week, for this next client meeting for this next, how, how, what, when, when I walk in that room, uh, have, have I already thought about what, what's going to happen? Have I, have I prepared myself into, in, into a situation where I'm confident I, I know what, uh, what they need and, and I can help. And, and to me, that's the thing. If you have that, that drive to, to make a difference and, and, and help and, and, uh, and, and, uh, really fulfill the needs of, of your clients, then you got a chance. I find that too, if I'm more intentional. So before every meeting, um, that I'm running, whether that's with my team or clients or the nonprofit that I'm on, whatever it is, I'm very, I, I sit down with myself for five minutes and go, what do I really need this meeting to be about? Like, what do I need to, to come out of this so I can prepare correctly? But I also find that doing that uh, allows me to have the tougher conversations and not try to rely on it being a fun meeting because when I don't know what I'm doing, do you, right. do you, does that make sense? Do you find that? Well, that does. Yeah. I mean, you came into this when we were offline before the before the um, the show, uh, you, you said you watched my YouTube videos, and you, you you went through all these steps that you go through to make sure you're prepared, and uh, and and know who you're dealing with. So yeah, it, it, that's that that's the prepare thoroughly part, uh, and, and 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 it applies in relationships. It applies in in business. It applies in in community. It's just it's just a fact of life. If you're prepared then you can be decisive. Then you can take the steps that need to be taken when they need to be taken. That's a great point. I hope everybody listening really hears that, that if you're prepared, then you can be decisive. I, I hadn't never connected those two in that way. Carl, I love that. Like if you're prepared, you can be decisive. If you're not prepared, I think you just, remember those old toys, the sticky hands that you throw against the wall? And like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, that's how I behave. <laughs> just hang on. Yeah, something works. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I want to go back in time for a minute because uh, I, in, in my research, I uncovered this story. Which So I knew all the great things about your time with the Broncos and the Ring of Fame, like all that stuff, which is super impressive. What I didn't know until I started preparing for this was some of the adversity in your, particularly in your early college years and what it, what you had to get through to get to the good stuff um, and to the success. And the laundry bag with the number 114 might have been my favorite moment. <laughs> That's yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so that story. Sure. I mean, my my I was not the the golden child. I was not the I, I was a uh, JV player as a junior in high school. Uh, I was all state as a as a senior, but I was only six feet tall and two hundred pounds. I wasn't big enough to to play major college football, so I went to a little Division two school in South Dakota on a one third scholarship, which they took away after a couple of years because. My dad was a doctor and he could afford the school <laughs> basically was their excuse. So, so I left and I walked on at the university of Minnesota. And back then they didn't have this transfer portal thing they have now. Uh, you had to sit out, you were ineligible for a year. You were ineligible to, to play in games, but you could practice. So my job that year was to be a live blocking dummy. Um, and, and it, you know, it was not, it was, it was not the way uh, it should have been. Uh, I, I was, uh, but, but I worked hard at it and, and, and developed a reputation. Uh, but I mean, to, if I want to eat with a team, I had to sweep up the locker room. Uh, 
usually they put your jersey number on your laundry bag and the one on my number on my laundry bag was 114 which is what tomorrow was talking about yep. i mean that that was me i was i was uh i was the beaver squad afterthought yeah. guy they were just you know uh but again if I, I was prepared i would i was decisive and i stood out and and if you can stand out regardless of where they put you if you can stand out uh, and, and there's good leadership in that organization, they're going to figure out a way to, to, to move you up and give you an opportunity to be successful in, in other jobs. And, and there is every every organization in this country has people who are out of position. They've been brought in uh, because there was a job opening. Um, it's probably not what they do best, but they can do it. And, and they're doing that. And, and, a, and a leader's role is to find to understand these people and know what they're actually capable of i never played linebacker in my life until my third year in the nfl uh the, the broncos saw something in me and said we think you can be a linebacker i made the pro bowl as an all pro linebacker that year and, wow. and it's a very different job than what i was doing so uh, those of you who are leaders out there um pay attention to your people uh, figure out what they're the best at and that's that's how you that's how you keep people in your organization. It's, it's through treating them as individuals and, le and letting them understand uh, that you're trying to do the best for them and, and, and then they can do the best for you. Okay, so my first question for you on this, and thank you for sharing that. I just, you know, we always, it's the iceberg, you know, cliche. We always see the, you know, the big things that you did, the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowls, the, you know, playing with John Elway, like all that stuff. But we rarely get to see what's under the iceberg from people because, right, we work so hard to get up to the top. I mean, it makes sense. Um, but when you were in that place, well, I have two questions for you. So let me just ask them together. One is, what did you do mentally to stay in the game? I, you know, this is on a very junior level, but I've seen it with my kids, high school football. The kids that aren't getting a lot of play tend to then just fall off. And I think, oh, that kid has so much potential. But like he, maybe he doesn't have a love of the game. I'm not saying he doesn't have what it takes. It just, there's a lot of reasons to drop off, but you know what I'm saying? Like when the fruits of the labor aren't there for a long period of time, how do you keep yourself in the game? It's the little wins. It's the, it's the, um, for me, it's the day to day. I set goals, uh, you know, am I, am I, um, dominating this guy across the line from me, regardless of whether, uh, it was uh, in practice or in a game or whatever that that to me, I, I loved when I was 10 years old, I played my first football game. My dad came came uh, a little late. I was already done playing. So when I got to the sidelines, he he patted me on the back and asked me what I thought about football. My response as a 10 year old is, Dad, I really love to smash guys. I mean, that was, that was, that was a linebacker. <laughs> so I just I love the contact of it and the challenge of yeah. it. And, the, and yeah. the, you know, you can you know, you can just beat somebody up and, and you're not in trouble. So it's good for me. <laughs> so you, you made a comment earlier about a lot of people out of position that are in the wrong position or, you know, like they have potential, but they're just not being utilized that someone of the Broncos kind of saw that new about being a linebacker. And we just got an awesome question in the kind of parlays on that, which is how do you, how do you show your boss that you have that ability that you're just not being utilized? How, how do you stand out for them? That's a great question. Yeah, for me, that. for me, yeah, for me, it was uh, becoming indispensable. Um, the, the way you stay in an organization for 12 years instead of the average three for me was the little things uh, it was mentoring. It was 
Uh, I was I was the the player rep for the union. I, I ran the Bible study. I, um, I I did whatever I could to help other players, and 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 that that um, be, becoming somebody who's indispensable with inside of an inside of an organization is 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 how you you stick around and how you you move up. Uh, if you know if you're if you're just kind of hit and run and you know I'm. I, I'm, I'm punching out the second I'm punching out and I'm coming at the, the last second and I'm, and I'm eating lunch by myself and I'm just, you know, uh, th th you're not going to get anywhere that way. And what I really like about what you just said, Carl, is the things that you just mentioned are not the things that were directly related to your job on the field. They were all the right. other areas too, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, that being connection. I, I look at, uh, I look at leadership as being the clarity and consistency of your connection, of your cornerstones, and of your um, of your commitment. For us, uh, the connection. Uh, I mean, Pat Bowen was a great example. Uh, John Elway was a great example. Uh, Peyton Manning was a. I mean, there, there's all these guys who you see a, a, as great leaders and standing out on their own, but the only reason they stand out on their own is because they were so committed to their team and their teammates. And that made their teammates want to play for them. Um, and, and so that, that, uh, that connection is huge. The, the commitment for us, it was, we were, we were there to prepare to win each game. Uh, and, and we went into every, and if you didn't do that, they'd find a new place for you. I mean, they, they would, if you didn't put in the time to, to understand your assignments, your, your um, what what's expected of you in, in in each game against each opponent, and it changes week to week. Um, yeah, you weren't around, and 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 the the commitment was. Or, I mean, the 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 uh, the cornerstones for for Pat Bowen were very clear. We're here to uh, to uh, serve Bronco Country, and we're here to win championships. And if again, if you don't fit in that that little box, he'd find work for you elsewhere. So. If you are listening to this or when you do, when we release on the podcast and you're not asking yourself, am I indispensable and how do I make myself indispensable? You just missed a massive thing that's going to propel you to more success because that to me, I think you are, when I just, I was, as you were saying it, I was thinking about the people in my life and my work and, and maybe even my clients, what I do for them. It's the ones where I've made myself indispensable or other people are indispensable to me. And I didn't do it just by doing the job or they didn't do it by just doing the job. They did it by really um, embedding themselves in my success. Sounds good. I'm glad you yeah. understood. <laughs> Got it. But, so. but I, I want everyone listening to really hear that because I, I think that is, especially as things change and evolve and um, it's just, it's a, it's a very tumultuous world. So I think just doing your job is just not enough right now. Yeah, yeah. If they can count on you and rely on you and and yeah. look to you for uh, things, if, you know, ideas, you know, th things that are outside of your uh, your job description, it, it definitely helps. All right. So I, I got some on the field, off the field questions for you. So All right. One thing I've always wanted to know, and I'm like, I'm so excited to ask this question is what. How, how do you manage the pregame pressure? Like I always look at the guys in the tunnel, right? The team before they come out. And I think that's got to be an important moment in how you play on the field because, right. That's like, it's the anticipation moment before the big moment. How I love you, the adrenaline. 
That's why I do what I do now, like getting up in front of a thousand people and trying to remember what I meant to say. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, no, that that's what I did it for the, the adrenaline. Um, so, and actually I had teammates who were, who were quite angry with me for talking about my kids in the, in the locker room or whatever. They're trying, they're trying to put on their game face and I, yeah. I'm just, ah, this is who I am. I love football. This is no big deal. So, uh, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't have, uh, specific, uh, patterns of activity or things I had to wear, or, you know, I had to have my left foot tape first and then my right foot. Oh, I didn't have any of those kind of things. I, I was just, just excited to play football. Well, that sounds like that excitement and that passion has really is part of your success formula. It's it's what kept you going, right? When you have the laundry bag with that but your game because you love it. Right. Yeah, no question. I I love I love the the uh physical action of, of football and 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 I mean, I'm an outdoorsman, a hunter, a fisherman. Uh, um, I, I just love, I, I love that stuff. And, and I can connect it to, to football. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of um, effort to get to a great fishing spot or a great hunting situation. And, and then it's, it's a moment. It's, it's, are you decisive? Do you do the right thing at the right time? Do you, are you prepared? Do you, do you, uh, do you act when it's time to time to act? And, 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 I, th I think a lot of jobs are that way where you, there's there's uh, especially sales, but a lot of, a lot of other jobs are, too, where you're you're just grinding for 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 much of the time. But but there are moments, there are instances where you've got to be prepared and you've got to be decisive. And that's that's what takes you to the next level is to, is that that uh, activity. And it's a, it's a small portion of your day. But when it happens, it happens. Do you think that decisiveness well, I know it comes from preparedness. You talked about that. Do you think there's a level of confidence in yourself that allows it to, I've seen people who are super prepared and still can't make decisions. Sure. Yeah. That, that, uh, fear of failure is, 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 uh, is brutal. Uh, I understood I was going to fail in the NFL. If you grade out 90% and they grade every play on technique and on assignment, if you grade out 90%, you're an all pro. You're the best of the best. So 10% of the time you're wrong. And the coach is yelling at you right in front of your teammates. And it's, you know, but the other thing is if you're not decisive, you're always wrong. And when you're on a football field, if you, if, I mean, if you don't go, forget it, it's, it's done. You're not, you'll, you'll never see the field again. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a given on, on a football field that you are decisive or you just don't, you haven't made the team. Well, if I heard you right, it's a given that you're decisive, but it's also a given that at least 10% of the time, it's not going to work. So right. what a great, I don't know if it's a sense of relief, but I kind of like the idea of living a little bit of my life that way. Because I think if I know, hey, 10% of the time, it's not going to work, but that's actually part of the process versus right. having to be perfect or right or, you know, the exact right decision 100% of the time. Those, those of, yeah, those of you, those of you who do cold calls, it's like yeah. 90, 95% of the time, right. <laughs> so, right. yeah, but, but still, um, you're hunting for that 5% and, and yeah. that's, that's, that's what, you know, you gotta be ready when it's time to go, go. I just, I think we run, we, we fall short by not assuming mistakes will happen or trying to run away or avoid them versus knowing it's part of the process. I think those are two different mindsets. 
no, I agree. I completely agree. Uh, evaluate honestly yeah. and adjust yeah. accordingly. Right. That adjust accordingly piece is, is, is yeah. tough too, because I mean, you, it would be really easy to say, well, 10% of the time I'm going to be wrong. So, you know, forget it. I don't care what the coach says. I'm mm -hmm. just going to do what I do. Uh, but no, that's not how it works. You got, yeah. you got to evaluate honestly, try your best to, to fix it. And the goal, the, the ultimate uh, desire, passion, mission for me was I'm going to be the greatest football player that ever played the game. And that doesn't happen when 10% of the time I'm wrong. I got, I got to get better. There are, there are ways I can get better. There are things I can do to get better and, and keep working at it. So one of the things that made you, I think, indispensable and also just very unique as a player was you were often thrown into different positions. I believe there were seven different positions, right? And right, seven yeah. Times you played all seven in the same I game. I did, yeah. They moved me around all the time. Yeah. And, and, and that, what, what an amazing opportunity for me. Um, the, the coaches saw something in me that they, they knew mentally I could handle it. Uh, and, and that, that was the real challenge. I mean, there's a lot of guys who athletically could probably handle it, but, but being able to learn all those positions and, and not only, I mean, as a, as an inside linebacker, you got to know all what everybody's assignments are, but being able to do it is just another thing, right? Uh, so um, I I, uh, I was able to do it, and uh, and Joe used me in ways that was really disruptive to an offense. An offense watches who um, who's substituting in from the sidelines, so they know what defense you're going to be in. They think they know what defense you're going to be in. But if you've got somebody on the field who can play all these positions, and and truthfully, we had to have a lot of smart guys. We had to have guys who could who could play two positions. Cause if I moved, then somebody else had to move. Right. So everybody had to know two positions and I knew all seven positions and they, they would move me around and, and, and it would be, you know, in, in the middle of the snap count, all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a lineman instead of being a linebacker, right. I'd go down in a three point stance and it would change all their blocking and mess up their play. And so it was a, uh, it was a great move by the coaching staff and, and a lot of trust in me. Uh, and, and yeah, if, if, it was it was a lot of pressure on me too truthfully uh the when when uh a player is put in in another professional player's position because the coach thinks he can do it better you better do it well <laughs> right so so that that was a that was a bit of a challenge but it was a challenge i was excited for how has that experience of having to be versatile impacted you today and because I think versatility or adaptability, whatever word you want to use, is really important in today's world. Oh, it sure is. Yeah. I mean, it's a world of change. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and we were talking about it earlier. Uh, you know, change isn't always progress, but progress is always change. Yes, right. is. I mean, you can't you can't move. Uh, you can't move forward without things changing. And, and, and you've got to be that that center of the change. Uh, you you've got to be the instigation of it. Um, uh, but change will happen like. The pandemic or like uh you know uh the the stock market or whatever i mean things happen and and you've got to be able to say okay what what how do i react now how can i prepare uh and go into the the next day uh being on top again still so that that's uh that's a challenge and and it, and it was a challenge for me and, and we had a 120 different defenses each with adjustments that changed week to week uh, and, and you had to do it when you got sweat in your eye and just got hit in the head. <laughs> it's not yeah. like you're sitting behind the desk saying, well, what am I going to do right now? No, it, it's go. So uh, yeah, it was a little different. Do you think, do you think it's harder? I'm not trying to ask this question. So let me just, we'll roll with it. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, the, the pandemic was an 
the the 2020s, you know, was a, like an overnight really thrown to all of us change that none of us, you know, we, we didn't get our feet under us. It just, it, it was right. We were sure. possibly like some flights were canceled and then it was like, don't leave your house. And then, yeah. right. And then that kind of that whole year was just a complete whirl for people. But then there's other change like, you know, I'm going to use AI as my example because it's actually not here overnight. AI has been around for a while and it's kind of, and it's accelerating, but it's been a long actually flow to get us to a place where it's now really starting to do work for us, taking over jobs. It's doing all these interesting things. Now, I think there's some real opportunity within it, um, but how do you think about managing or being versatile in those types of situations where, you know, one's like over, like super disruptive or shocking. And the other one maybe is more gradual. Hopefully that made sense. No, that does make sense. And, and um, I guess I can use my daughter as an example. My daughter's an art, my daughter was an artist. Um, she got her degree in uh, uh, a- uh, animation and, and art and, and, uh, she ended up with some physical disabilities that made it so she can't do that anymore. Um, but she started doing it uh, with computers and, and is able to, to produce the art that she used to uh, using computers. Uh, and, and then she, you know, she's got a family and she's got all this stuff going on and she, she really um, introspectively looked at her situation and said, you know what, um, wh- where, where is the world going? What, what's uh what's the next big thing? And she went into data, data analytics, and she's been, she's on her third or fourth job now in data analytics and making a ton of money and doing great. And it was, it was, it was a plan. It was, she, she looked at herself. She was honest, forgiving with herself saying, you know, I'm in a situation now that I, I I can't maintain it in, in today's world. What, where should I go now? And, and that's what she ended up doing. And, and yeah, I'm very proud of her. She's done some, some amazing stuff. That's wonderful. And what a great example of really two, one is honest assessment, right? Which you keep talking about, you've mentioned a few times. Yeah. And also looking at the world and saying, where is it headed? So let me ride, a, it's easier to ride a wave than to fight, you know, fight it or ride a current versus fight the current, whatever the right, right. analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nice to, to go downstream instead yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When you so you had a really a really a long career in the NFL, like you were saying, it's three years is the average. You were, had a really successful twelve year career. Um, when you left, was it was it hard? Were you ready? I mean, that was such a big part of your identity, you know, like and what you did. And sure. football's so all consuming. As a someone who watches it, it's all consuming. So I can't imagine <laughs> what it's like playing it. Yeah, um, I it was time. Uh, I, I knew exactly what to do, but my body wouldn't do it anymore. And that was really frustrating. So, uh, so it was time, but, um, no, it was definitely disorienting. I had spent my whole adult life with a place to be and, uh, and an assignment and a weight to have and a, when to go to sleep and when to wake up and a, a schedule that's handed to me every, and all of a sudden, none of that. Um, my wife tried to do it, but that didn't work. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, um, it was, it was disorienting and, and I, and I wallowed around for a while. I went fishing a lot and, uh, helped coach my son's, uh, high school football team and did some stuff. But, uh, I found, I was really fortunate to find speaking and, uh, 
the pattern of it is so similar to the pattern of football. You prepare for your next client, you prepare for your next opponent, you, you uh, game plan, depending on what their needs are, what their, you know, the challenges are for this situation. You perform at a high level for a short period of the time, you evaluate what went on and you get ready for the next one. You just don't get hurt. So, I mean, it's the, it's the same thing. And, and, and uh, that, that pattern has, uh, has been wonderful for me and through my whole life. What advice do you have for people who are looking for to change or make a second career? I mean, you know, you had kind of a, it was like, and now I'm done. Right. And you kind of have to figure it out. I think you and I were talking about this offline a little bit before, Sure. I think, you know, with change um, we have to change too. And for some of us, that means a different career, a different passion, a different life. What advice do you have to, for people to, who are in that phase of trying to figure out for them what's next for whatever reason? Yeah, my like I said earlier, my passion, my mission for the longest time was I'm going to be the greatest football player that ever played the game. When I made decisions, it was based on that. It was uh, around that. It was uh, pointing towards that. Uh, I'm uh, 63 years old now. I'm uh, I'm not uh, Tom Brady. I can't still play. (laughs) I I have other desires, passions, missions. As a husband and father, I want to give unconditional, un uncompromising love to my family. As a Christian, I want everything I say and do to reflect God's love. As a, as a speaker and an author, I want to inspire long-term positive change. And I didn't just, uh, I didn't just come up with this stuff. This is stuff that I thought long and hard about that. I, that I made some mistakes that I moved back and forth and forward and, and, and I know where I'm going. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest, problem that a lot of people are facing right now is there's so much change and they don't know where they're going. What's, what's important to you. Uh, and, and if you can figure out what's important to you, then you can fit that into this industry, this job, this, uh, this group of people, this, what, you know, and you can, you, you can, you can put yourself in the situation where you can be successful. And, and to me, that's where, um, that's where I would start is, is really spending some time thinking about, you know, is, is, is it important enough uh, for me to, to leave this situation to go to another situation? And that's, that's where I got to that point in football where it just wasn't fun. And it was, I wasn't as good as I should have been. And I was letting my teammates down and it was time. So what you said is so powerful because what I, I guess if I were to pull out a theme from this, aside from the honest feedback is, having a North star. So you suffered through the good and the bad, right? In football, because you knew what you wanted, you knew what your purpose was and what you were trying to achieve. Now, what I'm hearing you say, and tell me if I'm wrong, is that once you kind of, you took some time to think about it and reflect, but you now understand what your North star is now to and is different, but right. you have, to have that. Otherwise, what the hell do you do all day? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's if, it, when you're making decisions, how, how do you, how do you measure whether you're successful or whether you're not successful? Well, for me, it's am I moving closer to those desires, those passions, those missions, or am I moving away from them? That's that's the measure. And I think oftentimes inertia sets in because we don't know where we're headed. I, I see I work with a lot of at-risk youth in Denver and this nonprofit sure. I'm a part of. And one of the things that I've started to really see is we've seen kids go through the program and then our program's kind of done at 18-ish, right? We we is that they struggle, but they're not struggling because they weren't successful with us. They're struggling because they don't know what to do next. Right? Yeah. They don't know where their passion is. or They're trying to pull away from one life and go to another life. But what is that other life 
anyway. And I think that's true for a lot of us, no matter our age. It's like, what, what am I sure. doing next? So if I don't know what I'm doing next, I'm just going to fall back on what I've always done anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not easy. Um, and, and it's, and it's why people struggle, but ultimately when, when things start going the right way, it, it more often than not, it's because it's an unspoken or unthought of this is, this is what, where I belong. This is important to me. And I'm, I'm going to move in this direction. I'm a, I have uh, I have dyslexia, dyslexia, which isn't great for school, but uh, it's wonderful for football. I could play on the left side, the right side. I didn't know. I didn't care. Right. It didn't matter to me whatsoever. Uh, but I think that's what it's like for people without that North star where they're, they, they don't know what, what direction they're going. They got no idea. Thank God for GPS. I, I never make it to my speeches without it. But if you don't, the, the challenge, right, is if you don't know it, you don't know where you're headed, you look for external validation or direction. And it, what you're saying is the, it's internal, really. Yeah. Yeah. No question for me anyway. It's it's internal. Mm -hmm. um, I, can, I can be in a bad situation. I can have the uh, the laundry bag with number 114 on it. I know I'm going in the direction I'm going. It doesn't matter. I, I, I'm, I'm taking another step in, in the direction I want to go. I wish you, do you have that bag? I wish you could have kept that bag. <laughs> I do not have that bag. They don't let the guy with 114 take the yeah, bag. They don't, don't, like, don't get anything, buddy. They only gave me one sock. <laughs> I just, I, I, I know I've like totally latched onto that, but to me, that is such a great example of like, they didn't think much of you. Like, they're like, whatever, dude. But you were so clear on what you were trying to accomplish and what you wanted to be that that didn't stop you. When I think for a lot of people, it would have stopped them because that's like, well, nobody like, all right. Yeah. yeah. These are the, these are the experts. They know everything. Yeah. No. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they know, I don't know, but, but you hear time. I mean, it, it is. It to, is tomorrow when, when I got to that, when I got to that team, uh, Mike Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. Tony Dungy was a graduate assistant that was working with me. And Mike Martz worked in the film room. I mean, just football legends, all, all yeah. three of them Hall of Famers, um, working at the University of Minnesota. I was in the right place at the right time. I didn't know it. They didn't know it. But uh, but I learned a lot there. I think part of success in life is, is you what you do and your conviction and your um, – discipline, right? And your hard work and being indispensable. But I do think there's a part of it, and you've said it a few times about finding the right champions or being surrounded by the right people as well. Yeah, no question. Yeah. If I look back at my, my, uh, my entire football career, uh, all along the way, there were people that influenced me that, uh, mm -hmm. that, uh, were examples that were mentors. There's a guy that, the defensive line coach at, at uh, Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The guy's name, he went by Pastor Pete, uh, Richard Peterson. Uh, he was the dean of men of the school. He was a Lutheran pastor, and he was this tough football guy. And I'd never seen all three wow. things thrown in one human being, and there he was. And that's who I wanted to be. So, uh, so yeah. Well, models yeah. and champions, it makes a huge difference. Huge. Sure. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about what you speak about now and what you think really resonates with your audiences. So actually, let me boil that down. Like you, you do a lot of keynote speaking and, you know, maybe part of it is they bring you in because you're an NFL legend, but I watched your videos and I was telling you this offline. And I just want everybody listening and watching to know this. What I think is so freaking brilliant about Carl on stage 
is that he not only has all these incredible stories in this journey and all these lessons from the football field and kind of all of that, but what you do, Carl, that so many people miss is bridging it to how does it apply to the people in the audience who are leaders in company, frontline staff, business owners, right? We talked to a lot of different groups. Sure. Um, so what is it do you think that resonates so well with audiences? When you get off stage, what do they say to you like this hit home for me? You know what? The, I throw a lot of stuff at the wall. I really do. Yeah. I, uh, teamwork, courage, dedication, desire, honesty, and forgiveness, goal setting, um, and then targeted for the challenges that organization has and the people in that organization have. Um, but but I do throw a lot of stuff at the wall and a wide variety. But the honesty and forgiveness thing uh, comes up a lot after a speech. That's something that people uh, um, don't think about. You don't hear that uh, enough, I think, because it's so, so important in, in every part of your life is to to be honest with yourself and, and say, OK, uh, I could be better here and then and then figure out a way to do it. Uh, so. Um, so that's uh, of all the things that's probably the, the top one, but, uh, but everything, like I said, is, is, uh, tailored for that, that group and, and, and the challenges they're facing. I make sure I understand who they are. Yeah. I come early, I stay late. I, I do whatever I can to, to, uh, my, my passion is to, uh, help meeting professionals put on memorable events. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's a huge piece of it in my mind. So it's not just the stage, it's the off stage too. It's the, yeah. it's the congruency between who I am on stage and off stage. It's the, um, it's, it's the signing autographs and posing for photos, except I won't sign anything. That's a Raiders crap. Whatever, Carl. <laughs> Silver and black forever. <laughs> Other than that. <laughs> Next year's our year. That's what we say. All <laughs> right. For those listening, no, I mean, obviously, Carl is a, like, is a Broncos guy. And I am, I grew up in Oakland. So I grew up in the East Bay. I'm a huge Raiders fan. Silver and black forever. Antonio Pierce, call me. I have some ideas for you. So, so, um, but back to the forgiveness because we touched on honesty but like i'll tell you here's here's the real for me is i'm really hard on myself and i'm really good at adapting and saying i need to do that better but then i hold on to it for a long time like kicking myself for it you know and that's not healthy i'm not saying it's good no, yeah. don't do that yeah don't do that tomorrow you mentioned the word <laughs> forgiveness so where does that how do you think about that yeah um you're not People have a real hard time stepping forward and moving forward and and uh, not believing they're going to same make the same mistake over and over and over again if they if they don't forgive themselves. Um, I I uh, sat in those Christian in those rooms with uh, with six seven linebackers and and the coach was screaming at each of us and individually and collectively and whatever. Um, through those, those meetings. And, and I knew the guy next to me had let us down and I knew I had let us down and I knew the guy on that. I mean, and, and you've got to say, all right, uh, how can we take a step forward? What, what set some goal, something reasonable, short-term specific that I can do that we can practice to make sure I'm not sitting in that same room uh, next week uh, getting yeah. called out for the same mistake. Yeah. I'm going to make another mistake, a different mistake. That's fine, but don't make the same mistake. So for me, that's that's where the forgiveness comes in, where it's okay. I made a mistake. How can I fix it? Yeah, it, it's 
it's a beautiful combination of forgiveness, but also accountability. Because you're not letting yeah. yourself off the hook, right? If I hear you right, you're not right. letting yourself. Oh yeah, no question. Yeah, you can't. You 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 have to acknowledge that there's a problem. Uh, that's the honesty piece, and then you got to fix it. That yeah. to me, that that doesn't happen unless you forgive yourself for that. People yeah. people. Uh, Christian men have this this issue um, all the time with you run into a, you, you you think you're doing what's what's God's will and you run into a situation where you where it's not where it's not working and you think oh that's not God's will just go a different direction mm-hmm. and go a different direction and go a different and just bounce around and and I think uh, a lot of men have that issue I don't know about women as much but I do know men men really have that issue because they're not in touch with their emotions and when something hurts when something's yeah. not not fulfilling they're 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 going to run Right. And then the argument is, or the justification is, well, that wasn't meant to be anyway. That wasn't the right. Way. Exactly. It wasn't meant to be. It wasn't God's will. However you, however you look at life and, and, and that, yeah. that's, that, that's self-destructive. You, you, yeah. you, any, anybody success is overcoming obstacles on the way to your dreams. That's what it is. And and if you're not running into obstacles, you're not pushing hard enough. Yeah. You're, you should run into obstacles, uh, but then you yeah. should figure out a way through them and around them. And, and that's your, that to me is the honesty and forgiveness piece. So, mm. Well, and therein lies the mistake that so many of us make so often is we think it's going to be a straight shot up, whatever it is we're doing. And so when we hit the obstacle, we're not, I don't know that you need to be, I should like your thoughts on this. I don't feel like I always prepared for what the obstacle is because sometimes it's not what I expected, but I'm prepared to deal with obstacles. Like I know they're coming. Yeah. And that's, that. that's a very healthy way to look at it. Cause yeah. yeah I, it's hard to say, wow, good. I'm, I'm, I'm at the limit. I'm yay. I ran into an obstacle. <laughs> but yeah. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not telling people that they should feel that way because they won't, yeah. but it's like, okay, I knew there was going to be obstacles, right? Yeah. The, the, if to yeah. be the best of the best, there are obstacles. Uh, right. Otherwise everybody would be there. Right. So you got, you've got mm-hmm. to figure out a way through them and around them. And um, you know, through, your, once again, your connections, your uh, your being able to, to to read books, to to listen to speakers, to uh, you know have connections in 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 your uh, industry, uh, being a part of your uh, your National Speakers Association or whatever group. I mean, that's how t- Tamara and I met, yeah. um, and 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 how we can help each other is 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 through helping each other like this. So so when she called me, I'm like, yeah. Let's do it. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we're on opposing teams. So <laughs> right. Doggone Raiders. <laughs> well, you actually play it. I'm just a fan. <laughs> a little different. A little different. Yeah, a little bit. Um, remind me, I have a, I don't know if you've heard of Myron Golden. Myron Golden. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll send you his information offline. I think you really like him. He's a preacher. He talks a lot about the business, entrepreneurship, success, cool. wealth. He's phenomenal, but there's a couple of things that you said in there that um, he talks about. One of the things he says about obstacles is, right, we run away from them. You said it, the way you said it was so beautiful about like, we go, oh, well, that's not, right? Oh, that's a sign that it's not for me. But he says, you know, it gets harder before it gets easier, always. Um, And so I really love his stuff, but I'll send it to you because I think you'd really like it, given some of the things he said. Yeah, he's great. Um, I found him online randomly one day, so... Um, so we are, I can't believe we're almost out of time. So Carl, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you think like, Hey, you guys should know this about me or here's, here's a lesson that like, man, life hit me and you all probably wow. hear it. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I don't have anything um, that I haven't already uh, brought up that uh, that comes to mind right now. Uh, I, you know what? Yes, there is. Uh, you 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 told everybody I played in three Super Bowls and that was all fun and fine and dandy, but we got hammered. We got beat so bad. We got we got just trounced in the Super Bowl. And I had spent my whole life as a football player trying to get to that point. Yeah. Trying to trying to be the world champion, and and uh, we failed miserably. Now I personally uh, played pretty well in in a couple of those games. Uh, one of them I got leg whipped and tore cartilage in both my knees in the first quarter and was out. But it was you know so I I didn't play well in that one obviously. But uh, but I did personally I played well. But as a team we just we just stunk, and and um, to to spend your whole life trying to get someplace and not finish uh was really hard uh i felt like the sun wasn't going to come up the next day uh to and 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 it did and uh players moved on some retired uh new guys were drafted it was all about the next year and and for me um that has helped me tremendously with the fear of failure when i get up on a stage in in front of three thousand people and try to remember what I meant to say. I'm not, I'm not nervous. I've, I've fit the, the top, uh, what is it? Nine of the top 10 television programs in the history of television in the United States were Super Bowls. I mean, I, I failed in, in front of everybody. Yeah, and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Uh-huh. I, I came back and, and, and still uh, was able to, to play football again. If you were to like, So I'm so glad you shared that, first of all, because I think we forget, I know I do, that you can make it to the top and then tumble down and then not get what you wanted at the top. But you worked so long, so hard, right, for that moment, whatever that spot is, whatever that moment is. Can you just talk, like, if you, like, mapped out kind of what you had to go through to get to the other side of that experience, you know, what were the emotions? What what process did you go through? Because I could see that. I can see that crushing someone, you know? Oh, it yeah, it's not easy. Like I said, I didn't think the sun was coming up the next day. Uh, it came yeah. up. Um, I, it, it just, the, the, the next season was around the corner. Um, the draft was going to happen. The, the, the organization had to move on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, a, a couple people left, a couple people were added and uh and it was all about the next season and and yeah. and you are gonna fail uh, i i don't care who you are i don't care whether you're talking about relationships or you're talking about business or you're talking about uh community whatever whatever it is there are going to be moments of failure it's don't let those identify you those don't don't let those be who you are uh that that was a a, a stop in the road uh on the, on the way to greater success. So, so for me, that, that, um, those horrible (laughs) times in my life, um, allow me to do what I do now. And, and, and there are lessons to be learned from anything. So I, I I really, I'm a little bit speechless only because I think, I think the, what am I trying to say here? What you said is so powerful in there around, like, don't let that be your identity. And I, I know that I, I spent a lot of my career, like my promotion, moving up the corporate ladder to me was like, that was who I was. That was my identity. So when I beat everybody out to take over the company, like to me, that was me, you know? Yeah. 
and like right. all that stuff. Like I lived in New York City and I worked on Madison Avenue. Like that was me. And it took me a while. It took me some maturing to really realize, okay, those are all successes I've had. And those are all failures I've had, but they're actually not me. They're part of what makes me who I am, but they're not my identity. And it's easy to get stuck in that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Your identity hopefully is more than your job. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. All right. Let's so hope. I have I have to ask because we we are we gotta wrap up, but I we are filming this um or recording this only a couple days before the Super Bowl is about to happen. Right. That's why I brought up the Super Bowl. So yeah, yeah. I try to tie things together. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm super, I'm excited for this one. And um, by the way, if you're out there, if you don't follow Carl on Facebook, hopefully you, you like people you don't know on Facebook too, because you posted the funniest thing. Who's it? Was it the Bills game where they canceled the game for weather? Uh, and you were like, what is this softball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was uh, you, you'd be surprised how much hate I got for that. Oh my God. Well, I was, I was a supporter of what you said. I was like, what Thank is you. Like, what <laughs> where you played in all the weather, you know? Um, but I just, I love your commentary about the game was really where I was headed with that. So I just have to know, like, as we go into this Sunday and we've got the Chiefs and the 49ers, anything we should be looking for? Any thoughts about the game? Yeah, um, I, I I think the two best teams in the NFL are playing in the Super Bowl, and that doesn't happen every year. True, um, accurate, yeah. Yeah, uh, and and I expect San Francisco is going to win. I, I think they have uh, a stronger running game and their and their offensive line is better and they they just they got more big play people uh mm -hmm. on that team uh you know kansas city obviously has uh some of the some of the greatest right now but it's it's fewer guys and and to me the, t the best team wins the super bowl not necessarily the best individual which is again life there you go right so <laughs> there you go. yeah no question right. yeah all right, Carl, this has been phenomenal. So thank you. Thank you for your insights and your wisdom and sharing your the not just your career, but the ups and the downs that kind of made it all to where to getting us here today. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity tomorrow.